welcome to the Living Parables podcast, where we uncover spiritual truth and lessons God has given us through His Word and our own life stories. I am Nate, your host. To all the listeners tuning in the show today, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I appreciate every single one of you. And now, let us begin. Welcome back to the Living Parables podcast. I'm really excited to be with you today. I thank you for taking the time to listen to God's Word and to be edified in His Word today. Today we're going to be talking about the most dangerous thing in your body. And I want you to think about that for a minute. What is the most dangerous thing in your body? Is it a fist? Is it a knee, an elbow, a head? What is the most dangerous thing in your body? Well, the things I just listed, it's not them. Are you ready for this? I want you to do this with me right now. I want you to stick out your tongue. You heard me right. Stick out your tongue. That is the most dangerous thing in your body. Your tongue. It can destroy a person. Or it can build them up as high as a mountain. You can spend years. Building. A relationship with people at work. You can have. Great friends. Family members. And you can talk and say all the right things and literally ruin it in a single sentence. While the tongue is not a vital organ to life, it can cause unimaginable damage to the heart and soul of others. Today we're going to look at the most challenging task anyone could ever face, and that's taming the tongue. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to James, the third chapter, verses 1 through 12. This is what it says. Let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that as such we will incur a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. Now, if we put the bits into the horse's mouths so that they will obey us, we direct their entire body as well. Look at the ships also though they are so great and are driven by strong winds, are still directed by a very small rudder wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. So also the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. See how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members, as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. For every species of beasts and of birds, of reptiles and creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father And with it we curse men, who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come both blessing and cursing, my brethren. These things ought not to be this way. Does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives, or a vine produce figs? Nor can salt water produce fresh. 
So let's go ahead and let's break down these 12 verses and we will send you on your way. How about that? And I want to stop for just a quick second and I want to say just a quick little thing here. I want to thank you all for joining me and sticking with me. I know some of these episodes can get a little long. I know last week's was was pretty long. And it's not that I like hearing myself talk, but what it truly is 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 my devotion uh, to God, my love for Him and His Word, and the truth that He gives us that sets us free. And so sometimes I go a little bit long. I try not to, but I just wanted to say thank you from the bottom of my heart to everybody who has stuck with me and continues to listen. And I pray that you are blessed because of it. So with all that mushy stuff out of the way, (laughs) uh, let's go ahead and break these down. Verse one, let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that as such, we will incur a stricter judgment. Uh, whoa, this scares me because it's talking about people such as myself, teachers of the Bible. I teach the Bible quite a bit and I have to be careful to make sure that everything I'm saying is 100% biblically accurate. It's not about what Nate thinks. It's about what the Bible is actually saying. And that's what you get from this show. You don't get... Nate's thoughts and feelings. It's not his charming personality that comes out. Matter of fact, my personality is kind of pushed off to the side most of the time during these episodes because I need to take out my emotion, myself, and to to tell you and teach you and show you what God says. So that's so I can't let myself get in the way. But it says, if we're teachers, that we know that we will incur a stricter judgment. So I need to be careful with that. And I take this very seriously. So thank you again for those that are with me here. Verse 2. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. We all struggle with sin. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. 1 John 2, 16. But it does say, if anyone doesn't stumble in what they say, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body. No one except for Christ can tame the tongue. No one. Now let's look at some verses that just show us how evil the tongue truly is. Brace yourself. Starting in Psalm 5, 9. There is nothing reliable in what they say. Their inward part is destruction itself. Their throat is an open grave. They flatter with their tongue. Psalm 34, 13. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Psalm 39, 1. I said, I will guard my ways that I may not sin with my tongue. I will guard my mouth as with a muzzle while the wicked are in my presence. Psalm 52, 4. You love all words that devour, O deceitful tongue. Starting to get powerful, isn't it? Proverbs 6, 17. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, 
and hands that shed innocent blood. Now, I I know what you're thinking here. Well, what does that mean? So if we go up to the verses prior to that, it says here in verse 16, there are six things which the Lord hates. Yes, seven which are an abomination to him. So let's go ahead and read those real quick. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that run rapidly to evil, a false witness who utters lies, and one who spreads strife among brothers. So we could have a whole entire episode on the six things which the Lord hates. And we might one day. But for now, we're focusing on the tongue. And it says a lying tongue. So let's keep moving forward. Proverbs 17, 20. He who has a crooked mind finds no good. Listen to this. And he who is perverted in his language falls into evil. Ouch. Now let's look at Proverbs 26, 28. A lying tongue hates those it crushes, and a flattering mouth works ruin. Proverbs 28, 23. He who rebukes a man will afterward find more favor than he who flatters with the tongue. Isaiah 59, 3. Almost done. For your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken falsehood. Your tongue mutters wickedness. And lastly, Romans 3.13. Their throat is an open grave. With their tongues they keep deceiving. The poison of asps is under their lips. So, I know I threw a lot of verses at you. But I did that for a reason. Because... The Bible is full of warnings against speech and the power of the evil of the tongue. So let's look at some of the analogies that God uses in this main text of James, the the third chapter. So let's look at three through five. So it says, now if we put bits in the horse's mouth... They will obey us, and we can direct their entire body. I once went to a fair, and I'm about six foot three. I was standing in front of this horse and was going to ride this horse. It was against my will. I didn't want to do it, but I went to go do it. I kid you not, the top of my head was not even close to the horse's top of his back. That's how big this horse was. This horse was huge. I never saw a horse so big. It was intimidating. And when I was sitting up on this fella, I felt like I was higher than a basketball hoop. I probably was. Horses are not little animals. They are strong, powerful animals. But when they have the bits in the mouths, you can control their whole entire body. Now, let's look at verse 4. talks about ships as well. Although they're driven by strong winds, they're controlled by a small rudder. The I know back in biblical times they didn't have ocean liners, but I think of ocean liners right now. Look how big those ships are. They are huge. 
they are powerful. And the fact that a ship that heavy, that big can float is incredible. But as big as those things are, as powerful as they are, controlled by a very, very small thing. Isn't that interesting? Not just this, but think of wildfires. Think about that. They're not created by a gigantic flame. It's a, usually a small spark. These analogies are here to show us how powerful the tongue is. And even though it's small, can have a major impact on our lives, but also can have a domineering control of our lives. The tongue can influence our lives and move us in ways the bits and rudder move the horse and the ship. And I am going to challenge you here to stick with me because the next few verses about the tongue get uh, really personal and really scary. Now, if we get that mental image of the bit in the horse's mouth or the small rudder on the ocean liner, it is very impressive. But one of the most powerful representations God has given us here about the tongue is the end of verse five. It talks about the forest that is set on fire by a very small fire, a spark. And last year alone was one of the worst years of wildfires in history, especially in our country. California was devastated by tons of wildfires. Now, I want to talk about this statistic on here, which is incredible. The start of this year, 2021, because everybody thought in 2020, it was a fluke year, it was a horrible year. Once we get to 2021, everything's going to go back to normal. Well, from January 1st, 2021 to July 1st, 2021, there have been 30,876 fires that have burned, listen to this, 1,466,343 acres. And fires don't just affect the grass and the trees that we see, but it also affects wildlife, people, homes, and even water supplies. This graphic representation of the tongue is a stern warning of the dangers of speech. Now, this verse here, verse 6, listen to these six words. And the tongue is a fire. It is a fire. I mean, wow. But let's look at what's right after that. The very world of iniquity. And that iniquity just means unrighteousness or sin. It can defile and pollute and ruin everything around it. The sphere around you, it can damage that irreparably and cause massive destruction. And here's what's also scary. 
and sets on fire the course of our life. It is set on fire by hell. If it doesn't get any more powerful than that, I don't I don't even know. Do you see the danger of our tongues? Think about your daily speech. Think about my daily speech. And sometimes when we get around a crowd of people and we're comfortable with them and we want to kind of fit in, we'll tell a joke or two. We'll kind of compromise what we do and say and to fit kind of fit in. And before you know it, we're saying things that are just awful. Just awful. And the worst part about that is that is sin against God. That's what's even worse. And sometimes us as believers even do that. And to my shame, I am guilty of that as well. But verse 6, people, I would challenge you to underline that. That is powerful. Do you see the seriousness of the evil of our tongues? And why I said in the very beginning of this episode that the tongue is the most dangerous thing in our body. In verse, in verse 7, it says, For every species of beasts and birds, of reptiles and creatures of the sea, is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. Think about think about the animals that we can tame. Not just a dog or maybe even a cat, although I would beg to differ on cats. It's hard to tame a cat. They do whatever they want. But a, but a powerful one, like an elephant, orca, you know, a killer whale, horse, Maybe if you come up with some that I didn't come up with right off the top of my head, uh, you can put on our Facebook page or email, which I haven't suggested that in a long time. But if you ever want to get in contact with a show or have a question or want to add anything or a story, you can email us at livingparablestruth at gmail.com. I would greatly encourage that. And I usually am really fast with responses. But verse 8 is a very, very clear indication. It says, but no one can tame the tongue. No one can tame the tongue. I did say earlier, though, only Christ, only the Father, and only the Holy Spirit can tame the tongue. Only they have the power to do that. But listen to the end of verse 8. This is where it kind of tags along with verse 6. Listen to this. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. So not only is the tongue fire, and not only does it cause massive destruction around it, and not only does it set the course of our lives on fire, and it's set on fire by hell, but it's also restless evil and full of deadly poison. Whoa. Do you see why this is so dangerous? And I want you to think, think about not just yourself here, but I want you to think about other people too in, in, a, in your daily life and some of the people that you know that talk filthy all the time. I know people that throw out F-bombs like it's second nature. People that swear up and down, left and right, place that they go to. And it's becoming a natural thing. Kids today and I'm right in the middle of this as a teacher, kids today swear almost worse than adults do. 
And where do you think they hear that from? The adults. Parents. Me included in this. We have to be careful with what we say. Because, as I mentioned in the last episode, I sometimes struggle with not cussing, but using the alternatives of cussing. My kids hear that, and they repeat it. And it breaks my heart because I'm the one guilty of causing them to think that that's okay. And I sit there and tell them, well, you can't talk like that. And they kind of give me a look like, well, then why are you saying it? I have no, I have no reasoning. I have to confess my sin to God himself. And in my shame, I have done that several times. I'm trying to work on that. But it is such a prevalent thing in this world now. We are walking, doing trick-or-treating with our kids. And as we were walking, because it was almost election time, they had signs out in their front yards with F-bombs out there regarding their person in office that they didn't care for or the candidate they don't like. And that is very hard to see. Bumper stickers, same thing. Social media, TV. Did you know, and maybe some of you don't know this, but shows back in the old days didn't have cussing in it. And when I was a kid, when they started to have curse words in movies, they would actually bleep them out. And not only that, get this, they would even blurt out the word sucks. They would blurt that out. That was a four-letter word when I was in school. So if you said that word, you were everybody like, <gasps> everybody freaked out. But now, that's nothing. I have, I have kids giving me the bird, dropping F-bombs and, and swearing up and down the hallways. And we think that's okay. And we want to, we want to come up with these plans and all these things to solve the problem. But you know what the problem is? It's the heart. Because that's where these things come from, the heart. And we have a couple episodes about that. You can go check those out, especially in season one. It talks about heart, the heart change. But as we move forward, I think we're getting a very clear description and view of how evil the tongue is. So, verse 9 and 10 also get hard. Listen to this. With it we bless the Lord and Father. That's great. What about this one? And with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. Every person on this planet is made in the image of God. That is a fact. Now, sometimes in the same breath, we are praising God, blessing God, even praying. And then shortly right after that, again, in the same breath, we are cursing people. This happens a ton in our cars. And... That is a major problem. But verse 10 says this, 
From the same mouth come both blessing and cursing, my brethren. These things ought not to be this way. So James is telling us through the power of the Holy Spirit, this is not the way it's supposed to be. And again, I, I'm, I'm presenting this study to you in, in the fact that I've already beat myself up writing it and studying it because I'm guilty of all these things as well. And so I don't say this from a, from a high position talking down to you. I'm, I'm at your level and I'm hanging my head just like you are probably right now. Now, verses 11 and 12, where we're going to wrap up here. Does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? Well, no. Can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives? No. Or a vine produce figs? Well, no. Nor can salt water produce fresh? No. All of these natural comparisons show us that a believer who confesses faith in Christ is contradicting their faith when they regularly, and they practice it, speak unwholesome words, or, for that matter, any unwholesome forms of speech. We are warned about unwholesome talk in Ephesians 4, and even coarse jesting in chapter 5, which is can just be inappropriate jokes. It's It's a lot to take in. So, now we read last week in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, we, sh- we, we got a little bit of a glimpse in that. But the Ephesians chapter 5 that I was talking about, you can find that in verse 4, and it says, And there must be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving thanks. So, there wasn't a lot of good news here, okay? Um. This is a kind of a a beat you up type of lesson. But what you need to understand is we can use our speech for evil or good. Because I'm going to read Ephesians 4.29 once again. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. So we must not use our speech for unwholesome talk, but we need to use it to edify other people and to give grace to those who hear what we say. And I will leave you with this last piece of scripture. And it's a very good one. Colossians chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. Listen to this. Of all the hardness we had to listen to today, all the bad stuff, listen to this. It says, verse 5, Conduct yourselves with wisdom towards outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. Let your speech always be with grace, as though seasoned with salt, so that you will know how you should respond to each person. We need to be very careful how we conduct ourselves, not only with believers, but especially with unbelievers, making the most of the opportunities. So if we're in the midst of unbelievers and we're cutting it up 
and we're compromising and we're speaking like they speak, unwholesome words coming out, coarse joking, all those type of things. We are doing them a disservice. Why? Because we're no different than they are. We're letting that opportunity slip by. Because we're supposed to let our speech always be with grace, as though seasoned with salt. Now, I heard this from a very, very wise person, my father. And he, he, he talked to me about salt. What happens if you put too much salt on something? Well, it ruins it. What about putting too little salt? Well, then it needs more salt. It's seasoning the salt with the right amount of salt. And so you have to be careful and you have to analyze every single situation you're in. And we always have to remember that our conduct should be the same as Christ's conduct towards unbelievers. Let that sink in for just a minute. That's how we need to conduct ourselves as the way Christ said. We're called to walk as he did. And here's the other side of that. If we're not reading the Bible, if we're not in his word, how are we going to know how he thinks, how he acted, how he responded to situations, how he showed grace to people, how he showed love to people? Well, the short answer is we won't know. That's the point. That's why I said last episode, and I'm going to say it again, we need to let the word of Christ richly dwell within us. So we know how Jesus responded, how he loved people, how he showed grace to people, and overall, how God wants us to be. We must, must let our speech always be with grace, as though seasoned with salt. Again, so that you will know how we should act and respond to each person. So it's very important that we conduct ourselves in the way that Jesus did, because he was consumed with obedience to his Father to loving his father, and to obeying his will. He was the perfect representation of what it means to be a follower of God. He gave us that model. Now, we're never going to live up to that. That's where grace comes in. But we cannot compromise who we are in Christ for the appeasement of men, for the crowd, for a few laughs. And I'm speaking more to myself than anybody else that's listening. So with that, we're going to go ahead and pray. If you have any prayer requests, because on this show, we started this last week, we're going to be praying at the end of our shows. So if you have any prayer requests, I would greatly love to hear from from you guys. You can email us at livingparablestruth at gmail.com or you can go to our Facebook page under Living Parables 
and you can message us there as well. If you have any prayer requests, please send them in. So with that, we're going to go ahead and pray. Father in heaven, we are grateful for this day, grateful for all you do for us. Lord, as we read through James, the third chapter, talking about taming the tongue, help us to take what you have shown us today and apply it to our lives. The unwholesome talk, the evilness of our tongues is great. And it can cause damage. It can cause walls to be put up, bridges burnt. And we pray, God, that we would use our speech not for evil, but for good. That we would always be speaking with grace, seasoned with salt. That we would respond to people as you would respond as Jesus did. We thank you for this day. Go with us this week as we finish out the week and come back together again, God willing, next week. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I pray that the Lord blesses and keeps you and gives you peace. Until next time, God bless you, my friends.